0: I base my lesson off of Brother Ray coming up here to speak, and I appreciate him too, and I know you do too. I appreciate what he's done. I appreciate, can y'all hear me? Can you hear me now? Am I on? Good. Okay. Now? Better? (laughs) Good, that wipe got my tears out of the way. I'm ready to go now. Perfect. Now, I appreciate Ray. You know, I, I went to see him, Last week, and and when I came in there, I mean, I walk in, he's sitting down in his chair. He's got this big, huge light above him, and he's got this arm that brings his Bible around right here to his face. It's got these arms that are holding the pages from falling off, and he's reading the Word. That kind of puts it in perspective, doesn't it? This morning my lesson is right off of his heels. Is anybody in here drifting? If you would, turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 2, and I want to read verses 1 through 3. And I want us to think about this. I've done devotionals on this. I've used this verse uh, several times. I've preached on it before, but it just was so uh, perfect for just coming right off of what Brother Ray was going to say. I didn't know exactly what he was going to talk about, but this is it. Verse Number one says, Therefore we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard lest we drift away. For if the words spoken through angels prove steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him. I want to give you three things this morning to understand about drifting. And then the lesson will be yours and I hope that as we go through this that you will think about yourself that you will look into your heart to see where you are. Is there some areas in your life where you've just been drifting? The first thing to consider this morning is understanding drifting. You know, when something drifts, it requires no effort. <laughs> Think about it. If a ship is out, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more, but if the ship is out at sea, what happens? If You don't do anything to it and you shut the motor off and you just let it be. What will happen? It will drift. Have you ever went out to the ocean and been in the water and you're just standing there and you're talking with somebody and then you look to the shore and all of a sudden your seat is way down there and what had you done? Nothing except stand there and the waves just drift you further and further away. Think about what the word says. It says, we must give the more earnest heed. It's a big deal. Our faith is a big deal. Here's a man who has been faithful for longer than, he's been an elder longer than I've been alive. How appreciative of that should we be? Do we honor him? Do we exalt him up? No, that's not what I'm saying. But what a great example of somebody who can do it, right? And it just goes to show that we can do it too. But when we stand still, what really happens is we go backwards. We must continue to grow. Ask yourself this, this morning, deep within your heart, is this you? Are you the one who is hungering and thirsting for righteousness? Because if you are, you're blessed. Well, how are you blessed? Because you're filled. Is there a hunger and a desire to do God's will in your life? Is there a hunger and a thirst to want to do the things that God wants you to do? Brethren, friend, whoever you are here today, I'm here to tell you, this is where you got to be. In order for us to be successful, in order for us to do the things that we're supposed to do as a Christian, this is where we have to be, hungering and thirsting for righteousness. You know, that ship that's drifting at the sea, I'd like for you to think about this, that the motor has been cut off and maybe it has been abandoned. What becomes of that ship uh, when these other ships come through? It becomes a hazard, doesn't it? There's nobody on it. You don't know where it's going to go. You don't know the direction that it's going to take. And therefore, it becomes a hazard to all the other ships around. Brethren, if we are drifting in our faith, we are a hazard. A hazard to each other. We have become a stumbling block for somebody trying to serve the Lord. Have you ever thought about that? It would have been better for you to not have known the truth than to have known it and then become entangled again in this trap of sin. We must give the more earnest heed to the things that we have heard, to the things that we have read. It is that important. As we move further and further from the Lord, what happens to us? The less we care about what we do. Am I right? The the less we care about those things that held us accountable before. For that love and that desire that we had to serve the Lord, it becomes less and less and it becomes more distant in our life to where it doesn't even it's not even that big of a deal. It doesn't matter anymore. You remember what the proverb says in Proverbs chapter 14 uh, verse 12. It says, "There is a way that seems right to a man." <laughs> but what's that in? Death. You know, parents who are drifting spiritually will lose golden opportunities. To teach their children. Am I right about it? If we're drifting spiritually, parents, if we're just cruising through life, and sometimes we'll get a little Jesus when we need it, and sometimes we won't because, you know, just going some is just good enough. When we are drifting spiritually, we miss out on golden opportunities to show our children the example. Hey, grandparents, the same is true for you. Hey, teacher, the same is true for you. Hey, factory worker, the same is true for you. We all have an opportunity, but if we're drifting through our spiritual lives, we're missing the greatest blessing of ever, shining light and giving hope. What an encouragement, Brother Ray, is to me. What an encouragement is so many of the older members are here uh, today are to me. And what an encouragement all of you are here today to me. You took time out of your day. You took time to say, you know what, this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. Amen? Amen. Think about this, at the the end for a drifting vessel, what ends up happening to it? It ends up getting shipwrecked, doesn't it? Verse 2 says, every transgression and disobedience receives a just reward. (laughs) And verse 3 tells us Christians, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Washed by the blood of the Lamb, is it not good enough? Washed by the blood of a man who died willingly for you. Is it not enough? Are you drifting today? Well, the second thing to consider is the signs of drifting. And ask, answer this question to yourself. Are we desiring less and less to study and meditate on the Word of God? Just be honest about it. You know, without God's revelation, how can we truly know where we come from? How can we truly know what our purpose is in life? And how can we truly know where our destiny is? Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 tells us, To trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. You remember the next verse? In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and what will He do? And He will direct your paths. Isn't that good enough? But is the word of God just less and less important to you? Has it become something that you just set up? Hey, you know what? I used to not even be able to find my Bible. I didn't even know where it was at. I had no idea where the word of God was at. I gave my Bible, and I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm just going to be real with you. I gave my Bible to be recovered, and when I gave it to Tim Strickland at the Gospel Advocate, it was an emotional moment for me. Man, you take care of this, man. (laughs) I know where all the verses is at in that thing. It's the top left and the top right and the middle, and I know all them highlighted notes that I messed up and thought, what in the world, why did you do that in your Bible? I know exactly where those spots are. I know exactly where the fold in it is, right? Not because I'm worshiping this thing, not because I'm bowing down and praying to this thing, because this thing gives me guidance. This thing keeps me straight. There's a lot of people in here that keep me straight, and I'm appreciative for that. But nobody can do it like this thing. Okay, none of y'all even compare to this, and because of that, I'm going to exalt him above everything. Because of that, I know where my path is going to go if I follow it. How unfortunate and how sad it is when the ones who once gladly gave time to study God's word no longer have an interest. Doesn't that break your heart? Man, it breaks my heart. Ask yourself and answer this question. Are we taking less and less interest into telling the gospel to others? Are we desiring less and less to worship God with the saints? You know, Kenny Durrett prayed it last week, and it's such a great uh, verse. Uh, I was glad, David said, when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Isn't it exciting to know, and you're talking to somebody, and what they're, man, I'm going to worship tomorrow. We're going to worship the Lord tomorrow. Their mind is made up and their idea of what is pleasing and acceptable in their life is worshiping God. Doesn't that feel good? Have you drifted from that? Is it just not really that important to you? Hey, you know what? I'll come when I want to come and when I don't, don't say nothing to me. (laughs) Just don't say nothing to me. What about taking less interest into sharing the good news with others? You remember what Paul says? Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. So if we say that we're Christians, then we've taken on something that's different. We've taken on a new role. Because when we join this team, he gives us something to do. And that is to go and give people a place to be where they can be reconciled to God. Now, where is that? It's in the body of Christ. We have the ability to tell people how they can be added to the family of God. Are we drifting from that? Are we drifting from that thought? Well, Matt, I can't do Bible studies. I can't really go that deep. Sometimes I may get trapped in what I say. Hey, that's okay. Tell them you'll figure it out and you'll get back to them next week. We talked about it in class today. Are we looking for those opportunities? Are we putting our heads on the swivel to help somebody out? Or are we self-seekers? Is the God of our lives our belly? Are we only aiming to please ourselves in what we do? Are you drifting? What a scary place to be. Especially if you know the truth. Especially if you've tasted that forgiveness. Doesn't it feel good to know that you've been forgiven of your sins? Doesn't it know that you can be uh, doesn't it feel good to, to, to know that you can be continually forgiven of your sins? Oh, man, what an awesome thing. Answer this question. Have we found greater enjoyment in the world than for the kingdom? In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, uh, Paul gives this long list uh, to Timothy about how people will act in the last days. And he says, to turn from them. And this is what he says in verse 4. He says, traitors, headstrong, haughty. And then he says this, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Have we gotten to that point in our lives, brethren, where the pleasures have become number one? And where God is, I don't even know if he's on the top five, man. traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Ask yourself this morning after hearing Brother Ray speak, are we drifting? Is it a big deal anymore? Well, let's think about the remedies for drifting. Drifting. The first thing to consider this morning is continue to row. Keep the motor running in your boat. Make sure that it's filled up with gas. Make sure the oil's changed in it. Make sure that you're prepared to go on the trip. You know, it requires effort to live a Christian life, doesn't it? It does. But God tells you how to do it, and it's not that hard. What's hard is when we become those self-seekers again. The struggle is between us and ourselves, right? We've got to be diligent. We've got to guard against the undercurrent, so to speak. What is that undercurrent? It's temptation, isn't it? And our greatest enemy most of the time is who? Me. The greatest enemy most of the time in our lives is ourselves. Think about what James chapter 1 verse 14 says. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. We got to continue to row, brethren. We've got to guard against this undercurrent, this drift and 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 it allowing pushing us out into the sea further or tossing it wherever it needs to go. And we need to remember this, and I'm not going to read all these verses, but I'll put them up here. We need to remember our anchor Colossians chapter 2 verses, uh, verses 6 and 7 tell us that we need to be rooted and grounded in Christ. Amen. How do I solve this problem? I stay rooted and grounded in the man. What else? I'm anchored to the truth that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. No, I'm established, and I know what I believe, and I know why I believe it, and there's no stopping me. I am on a mission. And we have an unshakable hope. You remember this verse in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19? It says, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul. The verse just before that talks about the concept of God cannot lie. So what he promises you is true. Do you believe it or have you drifted away? Is that concept just something that you don't really think about? Revelations 2.10 says, be faithful until death and I will give you a crown of life. Do we believe that? We have, should have an unshakable hope and we also should be rooted and grounded in love. And I want to read this, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit and in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend With all the saints, what is the width and length and depth and height? Man, we can't even grasp the concept of how much God loves us. As a Christian here today, if we had to be honest, is there some drifting going on in our lives? Have we forgot about what we know as Christians to be true? If so, let us renew our allegiance and dedication to the King, amen? It's never too late until it's over. Right now you have time. And what a blessing it would be. What an example you could be to say, you know what? This is the way I was living, but not anymore. Not any more. I say no today. Let us give the more earnest heed, brethren, to the things that we know are right. Because the benefits of that (laughs) are out of this world. Out of this world. Don't you want to go to that land? Don't you want to go to that land? Maybe you're here today as a Christian and you're struggling. Maybe you're here as a Christian today and you are faking. You can make it right today. If you need prayers, if, if you need somebody to talk to, we're here. The elders are here. Reach out to somebody. But if you're here today and you are not a Christian Please, don't miss the opportunity to be added to the greatest kingdom that will ever be, the kingdom of Christ. You can be added to that family by obeying the gospel, believing who Jesus is, repenting of your sins, turning from the way that you've been living, confessing his name before men, saying that you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, being baptized in water, for the remission of your sins and you're added to the family, added to the church and then living that life faithful as brother Ray talked about where Jesus will say one day, well done, (laughs) well done, good job, man, I'm proud of you. I've been cheering for you for a long time, man. What an awesome job you've done. If you need to obey the gospel, if you need prayers, whatever you need, please come right now as together we stand and sing.